Hey everyone, Pastor Kevin, listen, today I have a word from the Lord that I believe is going to be a blessing to your life, strengthen you in your journey. All of us need a shot in the arm in our faith, and I believe that word today is going to do that. Take the next few minutes, spread the word, tell your friends and family this message is coming on. I'm believing it's gonna change our lives, and I want you to hang on till the end. I'm gonna come back and pray for your needs, and I believe God's gonna touch today. Let's jump into this word and be blessed. I'll be back soon. Revelation chapter three. Um, this is, again, I will tell you what I told the Cleveland campus and the Athens campus this morning. I don't consider this a sermon. I'm just going to provide some prophetic uh, direction, I think, for what I feel like God is doing in this week and put some stuff on it that God showed me this morning, I was just kind of taken back by what the Lord was helping me to see. And um, I just want to share that with you today. Some messages that I preach or those who come to this pulpit and preach are proclamation and they are preaching of the word. Most of the time, word that you've heard, words you've heard in your life, scriptures you've heard quoted. How many know we need to hear the truth over and over and over and over and over again? Reinforcing the truth is a part of the preacher's call and we have to uh, we have to contend for the, the, the word of the Lord that was once delivered for the saints. And so sometimes you hear me preach stuff you've heard me preach for 20 years. And you say, why do you keep preaching that? Because some of us are just now starting to believe it. Just now starting to get it. You have to reinforce it. So we have proclamation. But we also have these messages that come to us that are prophetic in nature. And while they are the proclamation of truth, they have a prophetic sort of impetus that points us to something God is doing in this moment that we don't need to miss. Look at your neighbor, tell him we don't need to miss what God is doing. And there's this little tribe in David's army. We don't talk much about them. We talk about the people who threw the stones and had the shields and threw the spears and all these great fighters in David's army. But there's this one little tribe. He, he says there was the sons of Issachar they didn't know how to swing a sword, throw a, a javelin, throw a spear. They didn't know how to th shoot a slingshot. Here's what they had. They had an understanding of the times. And the Bible says in Chron Chronicles that they knew what Israel ought to do. I want us to be people who know what the church ought to be doing in this hour. How many know the Spirit of God doesn't play games, hide and seek? He just reveals it and how many know it's our job to live in the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we can hear and know what God is up to. Say amen if you're with me. And so what I want to give you today is just prophetic in nature and I'm going to talk about something. I, this is probably much more shallow in than Devin will preach this coming week but I want to talk. My, my friend Tony Stewart wrote a book called The Door to More and I'm going to borrow that because I like that title. How many know we're in a season of doors? If you don't, I'm about to drop one on you right here. We are in a season of doors, and the door God is getting ready to open is a door to more. Look at somebody tell them, a door to more. I know, just, she's nervous, but you do this to me all the time. Here's what I want to tell you. This is not going to be a sermon. This is going to really take about 20 minutes. If you don't understand the moment you're living in, you can actually miss a moment. I'm going to show that to you today. So Revelation chapter 3, verse 7. These things says, he who is holy, he who is true, 
How many know Jesus is holy and Jesus is true? He has the key of David. He opens a door and no one shuts it, shuts a door and no one opens it. Next verse. I know your works. I have set before you an open door. Nobody can shut it. I better quit because if I get on that right there, I'm going to tear the carpet up in this house. Nobody, look at your neighbor, tell them nobody can shut it. And here's the three things I want you to see. This is the church to whom Jesus presents an open door. These three things I'm getting ready to reveal to you, read to you, reveal why he chose the church he chose. You have a little strength. That doesn't even make sense, but it will in a minute. You have kept my word. You have not denied my name. Lord, help me today. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Seven churches in the book of Revelation. By the way, Peter and Amanda, it's so good to see you. I love you both and your family. Help me honor a pastor friend of mine from Alabama. He and his precious wife, we love you guys. Praying for all of our Alabama fans. I knew I sent some heaviness in the house this morning. But y'all will be all right. Seven churches in the book of Revelation that Jesus writes to. Of the seven, five of them he rebukes for some stuff they have going on in their church. Two of them do not receive a rebuke. They receive the commendation of our Lord, and he encourages them to keep going. One is Smyrna. The other is the church that I read to you here, the church of Philadelphia. The church of Philadelphia. Philadelphia was at the base of a mountain range in what is now modern-day Turkey. It was at the intersection of a major crossroad and trade route and had become a very populated city. It's interesting to me that it is the church of Brotherly love, that's what the word Philadelphia means. It is brotherly love. We've taught on the different kinds of love in the Bible. In the New Testament, there's eros love, there is agape love, and then there's phileo love, the love we have for friends, the love we have for family. It's interesting to me that the church to whom Jesus presents an open door is the church of love. I want to tell you that love is the acid test of our spirituality, not your giftedness, not your spirituality, not the manifestations that you have, not the growth, not the increase. None of that is an indicator that you really know Jesus. Jesus says, by this shall men know that you belong to me, that you have love one for the other. I declare to you we need a revival of love if we need a revival of anything. In this day when hate prevails and hard-heartedness seems to be the rule of the day, how many know that it is love that never fails? And I think that the church needs to tap back into that, be a people. I said this on social media at some point this last week. We need a revival of kindness. Yeah, I got like two amens and Harry helping me like he always does. But the reality of it is we need a revival of kindness. I, I'm thankful for revival of healings and prophetic things, but I'm tired of people prophesying and being hateful. I'm tired of, I, I'm, I don't know about you, but I get nauseous with people who look spiritual, act spiritual, and you get to know them and you wonder, where is the spirit? I believe we need to be a people of love. Jesus says that in the last day, what you're going to find is that the love of many will wax cold. We need to protect our love tank and keep it full. And the way to do that is to abide in Christ and him abide in you. And I bring that up. I simply... Uh, 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 bring that point to your thinking so that you see that, that the, the church to which Jesus opens a door is the church of love. 
And he says something about him. I'm gonna go from the end of this and work my way back to the beginning, but you can't skip or miss who the door is opening for. It is opening for the people who did three things. Number one, they did not deny the name of Jesus. Number two, they kept his word. And then number three, they did not deny his name. They kept his word. And what's the third one? Talk to me. Little strength. Thank you. They didn't have a lot of strength. You may read that and think that seems antithetical that that God would open a door for people who don't have a lot of strength. What's interesting is this phrase in the Greek, little strength, is actually, in the Greek, it's mikros dunamis. Mikros dunamis. Mikros, where we get our word, English word, micro, microscopic, okay? Mikro, mikros dunamis. Dunamis is dynamite, power. They didn't have a lot of power. They had a little bit of power, and God chooses a church that has just a little bit of power to be the church that gets the open door. What's the point? The point is this. God is not looking for churches with great strength in themselves. God is looking for churches who don't have much strength left in themselves, so really all they can do is depend on him. I want to tell you that if weakness feels like your portion lately, if you feel like you've been through stuff and persecution and opposition and stuff's been trying to come against you and you feel like, man, I don't have much power left. You don't need to quit. You need to praise God because God has actually allowed things to happen so that you get to the end of yourself and the only one who can do what's getting ready to be done is the one who has all power. I am not the one who has all power. You are not the one who has all power. In fact, the the truth be known, all of us in this room have tremendous weaknesses, but I'm glad that the Bible said, in my weakness, his strength is made perfect. Come on, he chose the foolish things of this world, the base things of this world, the weak things of this world God chose so that and at the end when it all shakes down and we win none of us get the glory for the victory the only one who gets the glory is the one who had the strength to bring me and you and my mama and them and your mama and them and all of us through the fire it wasn't our strength that got the job done it was his strength So if you don't feel like you've got a lot of power, then I come to tell you you're a candidate for what God's getting ready to do. God's tired of people who don't have the the dependency on him. We've learned how to depend on our own strength, our own flesh, our own ways, our own ability. And God is saying sometimes the persecution mounts up so high, you find yourself just tired. And you don't feel like you have the strength to make it. And the good news is God says, I chose people just like that to do something supernatural. God is about to put some super on your natural. So they didn't have a lot of strength. They kept the word. I don't have time to go into this in depth, but the word keep is not like they kept it on their nightstand. You know, they kept their Bible. That is not, the word keep is to chaperone. It is to protect. The church at Philadelphia literally honored the word of the Lord. This word, the word of God has got to be cherished among the people of God. 
In fact, when God brought Israel out of Babylonian captivity and Ezra stood up and Nehemiah stood up and Ezra began to read the word of the Lord, they had not heard the word of the Lord in decades. When they began to hear the reading of the law, the Bible says they fell down and began to say hallelujah and amen. And they began to add their agreement. Why? They had not heard the word in years. I want to declare to you that stewarding the word of God is critical for you to become everything God's called you to be in your future. You got to steward it, honor it. You got to cherish it. You got to thank God for it. You, you got to, when God gives you a word, you have to keep the word in your heart. David said, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. This is more than chicken soup for the Christian soul. This is more than a neat opinion. This is more than some author that was on a tangent that just wrote about his tangent. This book is inspired by God, breathed on by the Holy Ghost. That's why it's thousands of years old and you can open it up from Genesis to Revelation and it has the ability to jump off the pages and get down in your heart and give you faith for the journey and you got to learn how to steward this word and someone in this room today says well you know the word just doesn't minister to me it doesn't help me I can't get anything out of it I want to ask you how do you steward the word of the Lord God's not speaking to me well what did you do when the last time he spoke to you Sometimes we want God to speak three and four and five times and we still haven't done anything with the word he spoke to us 10 years ago. I'm not mad at God if he's not talking to me now because if he talked to me back then and I didn't cherish it then, why would he continue to speak to me now? Perhaps somebody needs to go back to the last time God spoke to you and pick that word up and say, Lord, this word I will hide in my heart. So they didn't, they, didn't, uh, they didn't have a lot of strength. They kept the word, and finally, they did not deny his name. That sounds rather simple, but the reality of it is they refused to turn their back on Jesus. In the face of great opposition and, and persecution, they decided we're not going to turn away from the Lord. They could have spared their own life. They could have spared their families. They could have saved themselves a lot of shame and persecution had they just turned around and said, I don't know Jesus, and had they denied the Lord. And yet your Bible says that they did not deny his name. I want to tell you something right now. You need and I need to make sure we don't get sucked into the vortex of apostasy that is happening in this nation. Now, y'all not going to like me on this one right here, and y'all going to say, oh, this is old-fashioned. It's what the book says. There will be a falling away. Y'all don't want to talk about it? I don't like talking about it, but we got to talk about it because that's how you guard your soul from it from happening. It's become apropos to jump on social media and just tell everybody, you know, I was raised in church, but I'm turning my back and I'm renouncing Jesus. And we've glamorized and we've, we have celebrated people who have turned from the Lord. I'm telling you right now, there's some people in this room who will back me up on this. If I walk away from him, where will I walk to? I feel like Peter felt. Peter said, Lord, you have the words of eternal life. If I don't come to you, where will I go? Where am I going to go on Sunday morning? Where am I going to go when my baby gets sick? Where am I going to go when hell is breaking loose? Who am I going to celebrate with when the breakthrough comes? I don't have another God. I don't have another king. There is no other king for us. 
We've got to stick with Jesus all the way till the end. Somebody make up your mind on this Sunday morning. I may go through hell and high water, but by his grace, I will not deny his name. He may, he may not come when I want him. He may never be early. I don't understand why some things happen, but I've made up my mind. He's been good to the Wallace house and we're gonna serve the Lord. They didn't deny his name. They kept his word. And although they didn't have a lot of strength, they were next on what God was getting ready to do. And he says to this group, to the one who has the key of David, to him who opens and shuts. Now this is incredible because Jesus is talking here about, directly about Eliakim over in Isaiah 22. And the king of, of Israel had a key to his palace, a key to his treasury. And that key had been in the hands of Shebna who had not let people come into the kingdom and he had kept them out of the kingdom. And the Bible says that the king decided, I'm taking the key away from Shepna and I'm putting it in the key in the hands of Eliakim. And Eliakim will have the key and that key will give him access and entrance into all that exists in the kingdom. And over in the New Testament, it shook down like this. The Pharisees had the key because they were the Jewish people and they thought we'll control who gets into the kingdom. We'll control who gets into the treasury. And that's why Jesus said, you have kept people. You've made them twice, Paul said, twice the child of hell. Jesus said, you've kept them out of the kingdom and you've made it difficult for people to come into the kingdom because you thought you had the key and you got to decide who came in and you got to decide who got, who didn't get to go out. But the Bible says God took that key out of the hand of those religious people and he put that key on the shoulder of Jesus and Jesus became the steward of the kingdom of his father, which is why Jesus says, hallelujah, in the book of Revelation 3 that I'm the one now that has the key. You don't have to worry about no Pharisee keeping you out. You don't have to worry about kissing up and making friends with the people who've got the access. The Bible said in Psalm 2, kiss the son. I don't have to be your buddy to get into the kingdom. All I've got to do is walk with Jesus. And if my ways please him, he'll open up a door no man can shut. If my ways please him, he'll go before me. He'll be my marketer. He'll be my butler and open the door. Jesus will bless you coming in. Jesus will bless you going out. You don't have to worry your whole life about who to make happy. I'm not trying to wake up every morning seeing if I ought to please you. If I please him, he'll make me the head and not the tail. If I please him, he'll bless me coming in and bless me going out. I wish you would praise him like he had the key. He has the key. And he said, I'll open a door and no man can shut it. I'll shut a door. I'll shut a door. And Deborah's going to go deep in this, so much deeper than me, because she's just deep. I don't get all these number things. Sometimes it takes me three or four days. Devin gets it in 10 seconds. 
I have to go back 12 times. What did that mean? She gets weary with me. But I've been feeling something since about the first of this summer. And I didn't understand it till recently. And I know this sounds a cliche because we've been preaching about this in the kingdom so long. People just say it now and it's lost its, it's lost its weight. But I prophesy to you, doors are getting ready to open. And this coming week is a significant week. Number one, it's significant because, well, there's some people going running. Surrounding the city of Chattanooga with intercession and prayer. And they're praying for the city and they're praying for the nation. And they're praying for our sons and daughters and they're praying for our mothers and fathers. And we're going to go down on the river on Wednesday night and on Ross's landing where the trail of tears began. We're going to throw up our hands, rebuke demons of division, racism, hate, and malice. And we're going to invite through our worship the King of glory to come and heal the wounds of our land. I feel the Holy Ghost in this room right now. It's a significant week. If you're sleeping on this week, you're sleeping on the wrong week. Sleep next week, but don't sleep on this week. This week is a week of divine appointment. This week... It's a week of divine open door. I'm telling you, I'm not just, I'm going to show you in a minute what I'm talking about, but I'm telling you, you can't miss what God is about to do in your life, in the life of the church, in the life of citizens of the kingdom of God. And it's as much about this week it being not just the gathering of rain and all the sisters and brothers coming to pray, the sanctuary be filled it's oversold for women of fire. Come on, help me celebrate that. We sold out. But this week is special for another reason. It's my birthday. I'm kidding. That's not, I, I'm not kidding. It's my birthday. But, but my birthday this year is on Rosh Hashanah. Listen. This coming weekend is Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah is not on your Gregorian calendar. What's my Gregorian calendar? January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September. That's my American calendar. No, that's not your American calendar. That's the Gregorian calendar. But that's not God's calendar. God's calendar is the Hebrew calendar. I'm messing some of y'all up right now. And this coming weekend is Rosh Hashanah, which in the Hebrew means head of the new year. And this coming weekend, we step out of 5783 on the Hebrew calendar, and we step in this coming Saturday, 5784. And here's where it gets cray, cray cray. 5784 is the year of the door. Now, I'm going to leave most of this alone because I want to have a good marriage. But I want to tell you that we are getting ready to step into 5784 this coming weekend. And we are entering a year of the door. How do I know it's the year of the door and why would I say that? Because on the Hebrew calendar, every number is connected to a letter or a word. 
the letter or the word connected to four in the Hebrew calendar is the word dalet, and it means the door. It represents the door. It can also, don't miss this, represent poverty. And you would say, why would you talk about poverty when you're talking about open doors? Because he's talking about being poor in spirit. Oh, Lord, I wish I had time. It's what it means to be a person of little strength. I have no strength left in me, but I have strength in God. I am poor. Come on, talk to me, Jesus, on the mountain of Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is what? The kingdom, y'all ain't hearing me today, the kingdom of God. Stop acting like you got strength because the more strength you have in yourself, the less access you have to the kingdom. But if you ever run out of strength in yourself and throw your hands up and say, God, help, I tell you a door to the kingdom gets open and you will step out of natural strength into supernatural strength and the Lord will be your help. The Lord will be your strength. The Lord will be your butler and your shield. Look at somebody and tell your neighbor, step out of your strength and step into his strength. This is a year where your poverty is going to lead to your increase. Your lack is going to lead to his abundance. My not enough is going to allow me to tap into his more than enough. When we cross over this new year, we're crossing over into an open door. But it's not just the year of open door. It's the year of the door. Don't miss this. The closed door is as important as the open door. I can't find no help. A couple of Bible students said help him, Lord, but nobody else wants to. Nobody wants to talk about the closed door. But the reason you can't walk through the God door is because you've been happy with the good door. I'm, I'm thankful for good doors, but I'm more thankful for God doors. And this is the year where somebody's got to stop being excited about good doors and you got to be discerning so that you don't miss God doors. Oh God, I wish I had time to break this thing down. Where are my single people at in here? Anybody single? Come on, don't lie, you'll go to hell. Anybody single? Let me tell you something. This is a year you need to be thankful that God is going to shut some good doors and open up some God doors. I don't just want you to find a good thing. I want you to find a God thing. Where is my help in this church? You are about to praise God for them that walked out after the second date and you were trying to figure out what was wrong with you, baby. There was nothing wrong with you. God was trying to keep you from something good and reserve you for something that was God. I wish I could find somebody to help me praise the Lord. That when one door shuts, it's a setup for something that God has in store for my life. I've been praising him for good stuff, but we're getting ready to praise him for some God stuff. God is about to do it. If you believe it, shout yes. I'm, I'm almost done. Five, seven, eight, four. The year of the door. Jesus loves you enough to shut some doors and lock them. Read the text. It said when he shuts it, nobody can open it. Why would he say that? 
Because some people want you to go through the wrong door. And then there are some doors he opens. And you need to thank God for this. No man can shut it. No man. We need to stop talking about haters. I'm sick and tired of hearing sermons about people. You got haters. Look. For real? Get on social media. All my haters, all my, you got three friends. You don't have a thousand haters. Stop. We have this hate complex. There are more people who like you than more people who hate you. So stop fantasizing over having haters. Be grateful God gave you a good name. Got a whole generation of church people who praise God for the haters that hate on them. That's crazy. Praise God because God's good. Not because you got haters. Watch this. He said, I'm going to open up the door for you no make it shut. And I understand a little bit of what God was saying to me because when I was in prayer praying for this today, the Lord reminded me about the encounter I had with him in the Atlanta airport regarding this building you're sitting in. I've told this story, so if you've heard, heard it, please bear with me, but there's a prophetic impetus to it today that I don't think I've ever had revelation on before. And I want you to catch this, and then I'm done. So you know this story. If you don't know this story, most of you weren't here then. Some of you were, but we started in Ultawa, 20 years ago, and then somewhere around 2011, we were given the opportunity to go downtown. It's always been a part of my vision and in my heart because when I was 17 years old, I had a dream and I knew I was in the inner city of Chattanooga. You've heard, you've heard me tell this before. And in that dream, God let me know I, we would pastor a church in the inner city of Chattanooga. Now, that's when I was at Ottawa, the, 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 the door opened for us to come downtown, except it wasn't here. It was over in the yuck-yuck part of town. The worst crime zip code in the area over on 4th Avenue. It was a dilapidated, condemned building. And the bishop called me and said, why don't you take this church? Got to do great things there. I'm, saying, I'm like, man, that, that carpet has got people living in it. The green moss carpet from 70s, man, come on. But the Lord's going to do great things. So we go in, and the city says, you can't have church here because the building's condemned. So we had to raise about $80,000. So we start having church. We have two services. I'm giving you some history. Just bear with me. It's, it's important to where we're going. We have two services at Ottawa, 9 and 11. I got a power bar in the afternoon, and at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, we had church over at the old 4th Avenue campus. Anybody remember that? Okay, so there's some saved people here. Hallelujah. So watch this. We go have crazy church Sunday afternoon, I'm talking about slap the devil in the mouth, shout, breakthrough, drug addicts, prostitutes getting saved. It went from like 50 people to like 400 people in like three weeks. Like every week, it just exploded. We were like, what is going on? 
That's where the drug, the drug pusher threatened to shoot me. Y'all heard that story? Oh, let me talk. We just family. Let me talk some this morning. The drug pusher. So a drug runner comes across the street. The drug house was across the street from the church. Drug runner comes across the street on a Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon. We preach. He gets saved. I have no clue who I'm talking to. I don't know that he's a drug pusher. He just comes up to me. Tears come down. I got saved today. I'm free. I said, you are free. You will never be bound another day in your life. Jesus has set you free. God's going to bless your future. You will not go back to what he brought you out of man don't own you people the devil don't own you you are a child of God he's like for real I'm like for real he runs out the church across the street to the drug house and he walks in the house and he tells the drug pusher that preacher across the street told me you don't own me no more and that I will never be I will never be in bondage again true story those of you that were there know this happened that, pre- that man came across the street the next morning to the church. Dwayne Stamper, an elder in the church at that time, was at the church. They knocked on the door. The man had a gun on his hip. He said, where's the preacher? And Elder Stamper said, what you want with my preacher? He said, well, your preacher's telling my pushers that they are not owned anymore and that they're free. And I got something to talk to your pastor about. And we're going to settle this whenever I see him. Tell him I'll be back next Sunday. So Elder Stamper called me and said, oh, Bishop, we got a problem. The drug pusher is mad. That his, the drug pusher is mad that you got his friend set free. They can't find the drug runner. He says he's free and they're mad about it and they came looking for you and they're coming back next Sunday. I was nervous all week long. I prayed and fasted. I asked Devin for a word. I asked my mama for a word. I called all the prayer warriors. I drove up the next Sunday expecting to see a gunfight at the OK Corral. When I pulled up to the church, the house where the drug pusher was pushing his drugs have been collapsed, shrunk, and stuffed before God. They stuffed that house in a dumpster sitting in the middle of the road. I said, what in the world is going on? Where is the drug pusher? And the DEA had showed up on Wednesday and they arrested him and put him in jail. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. I didn't even come to preach on this, but I think I'll preach right now. If God be for us, who can, oh Lord, be against us? Sit down. That ain't what I'm preaching. Watch. Woo-hoo. Glory. We got victory in Jesus. Somebody say amen. So, so we stayed over there, and then we, we went to a little bigger church. And then one day down here on the afternoon, I get a call from somebody, and they say, have you heard Highland Park Baptist Church, this building, is for sale? I said, no, I haven't heard that. I said, well, you need to pray and see if God wants us to have it. I said, well, I don't have no money. (laughs) And he said to me, I didn't ask you if you had any money. I asked you if you believe it's yours. Okay. I promise you, I'm winding up here. Three, day fast to seek the Lord, to see if this building was part of our future. We were seeing God pack out that little East Lake campus, pack out that Fourth Avenue campus. And I remember 
driving by this building as a little boy. It was so big. And I thought, oh, the Lord, he couldn't want us to go from that little church that would fit on that stage, packed out every Sunday, but it was small. He wants us to go from that to this? I can't do that. That's what I said. I can't do that. It's too big for me. I was on a three-day fast. First day, nothing. Second day, hungry. Some of y'all go on a three-day fast and you get deep. I go on a three-day fast, I get mad. <laughs> By the third day of my fast, Devin's like, would you please eat? <laughs> third day of the fast, I'm, I'm in what I believe is Connecticut preaching and I'm flying back home from Connecticut. I'm tired, I'm hungry. Chris is with me, campus pastor at Cleveland now. I'm on the third day of a fast. And I hadn't heard God speak to me about this place. And I'm getting ready to go home and call the guy that called me and say, this is not God's will. And I'm standing at a train and I hear these words, careful, doors are closing and will not reopen. And when that woman said that on that train operator speaker, the Holy Ghost arrested my heart. And I looked at Chris, I'm crying. He's on the train getting ready to leave me. He said, Bishop, what, what's happened? I said, I heard the Lord. And Chris said, what did he say? <laughs> and I said, he told me through that train operator's voice, careful doors are closing and will not reel. And I called the person crying and God was moving in my heart. Long, long story short, that September, say September, 2014, we dedicated this building. Now listen, we came, pardon me, it was 2013 in the natural, but in the, in, on that year, Rosh Hashanah happened, thank you Lord, Rosh Hashanah happened on the same weekend. 10 years ago, this is where I'm ending and I'm through, 10 years ago, we stepped out of 5773 into 5774, say four. That year, 10 years ago, is the year God said to me, this door will close and it will not reopen. Do you know, I look back, if you go 10 years prior to that year, it's 2003. Do you know what happened in 2003? Devin and I were assigned to this church in Ottawa in 2000. There's a cycle going on. Something significant happened. I didn't, I didn't really put this together. And I'm not trying to go Perry Stone on y'all. I'm just trying to tell you. He's my friend. Everybody relax. Everybody relax. 2003. In that year, we crossed over into the Hebrew 5764. 10 years later, 5773, we cross over into 5774. When? In September. This is what's crazy. When I was looking at it this morning, I went and looked at the picture of the weekend that we crossed over into this new year of the door in, in 2013, 
And guess who's standing on this stage singing? Lee University Campus Choir. Guess who sang last week in Cleveland? On the stage. Lee University Campus Choir. I, I, I'm like, what am I seeing? Here's what I'm going to tell you. We serve a God of patterns. I don't always understand his ways, and I don't know what he's always doing next, but I know when I get in a season and we're stepping into one. And some of you are about to experience some closed doors. And the enemy wanted you to be tempted to believe God forsook you. But God sent me this morning to tell you he's shutting something that might seem good to open something that is definitely God. I'm done. Open doors signify increased influence, additional opportunities, and unique access. When God starts opening doors for you, your influence is getting ready to grow. When we started in 2003, you were there on the first Sunday. Maybe one or two other people there on the first Sunday. Pat Kelly, are you back there? I see you. Elder Kelly standing back against that wall. He, he was the, who else was there on the first Sunday? Anybody else? First Sunday, 2003. Who's that hand waving back there? Okay. We got all kind of people I didn't know about that were there on the first. Hallelujah. First Sunday, small circle of influence. We were all just trying to figure out how to get to heaven. I was trying to figure out how to pay a light bill. 34 people. What happened? Keep his word. Don't deny his name. Never depend on your power. And God says, if you just depend on me, keep my word and keep your faith. I can trust you, church of love, with an open door. This hadn't all happened overnight. It's just one door at a time. I heard the Holy Ghost whisper to me in prayer this week, there are no insignificant doors. Hallelujah. Well, that looks so small. Yeah, but on the other side of that small door is a great big opportunity. Paul wanted to go to Asia. Stand with me. Remember this? Paul wanted to go to Asia. Over and over again, Pastor Jeremy, he kept trying to get to Asia and it finally dawned on him when the door wouldn't open, the Holy Ghost is forbidding us to go to Asia. If I'm the Apostle Paul, I'm probably like, God, what's up with that? I'm trying to go to Asia to preach the gospel and the door keeps shutting. Do you know what happened as a result of that shut door? A man from Macedonia shows up to Paul in the middle of the night in a vision. And the Macedonian man says, Paul, come over here and help us. And it began to make sense to Paul. God was saying no to Asia so that he could say yes to Europe. It's time to quit crying over Asia. I don't mean Asia, the, you know what, your Asia. 
What, what have you been wanting to do that you felt like God said, nah, that's not it. Because the moment you can accept him shutting that door is the moment he can open what's next. I know everybody's wanting to end and all of us go up in shouts, but not today. Because somebody's heart needs to get prepared for what God has prepared for it. We got to get our place and our heart in alignment for open doors. I don't even know what I'm talking about, all of it. I'm just telling you what I know by the Spirit of God. Opportunities are getting ready to come. Influence is going to increase in your life. And what seemed like one shut door is about to make more sense to somebody who's been like, what is going on? Anybody been having some what is going on moments? Don't, you, don't be ashamed. Come on, just lift your hand. What in the world? Like, what is happening? Like, all this stuff, just, what is going on? You are moving from good to God. It's about to make sense. Lift your hands if I'm talking to you. God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, I praise you. You are a God, a pattern. And although we say and we believe that you are not predictable, you indeed reveal yourself as a very predictable God because you will always fulfill your promise. And in this room over these people, over this church of love, I declare to this house that you are out opening a door no man can shut and shutting a door no man can open. For our people, for our leaders, for men and women of God in this room who've kept your word, not denied your name and not depended on their own strength and power, I pray today in Jesus' name that in this coming week, it would be a week of preparation and readiness for what you are getting ready to release for your people. I declare, Opako Marebo Maraba, Bazo Kashanda, Seze Kandu, Mazita Pro Kalabiman Satak, Kebende Karoshe Telebamokoto Soboho, Yandohomashuata, Anda Hamashe. Open doors. Open doors. I just declare that this house, I think I'm sp speaking to this church as much as I am to us individually. God, I pray in this coming year that there would be an open door for our people and for this church. And I pray that in that open door, it would be to further the kingdom, advance the kingdom. May the voice that you've given us be a voice that preaches your word. May we keep your word, God. I pray we would be faithful not to deny your name and in all that we do, may we never depend on the arm of the flesh. May we depend on the sufficiency of Jesus. Hallelujah. Lift your hands and just ask him for his power. Come on. If you've been feeling some kind of weak, you just know you need some extra strength. You can't do this next season without him. Come on. Lift your hand. Lift your hand. Father, in the name of Jesus, we are tired of depending on ourselves. 
We are tired of trying to make it happen in our own strength. We are, ti we are tired because we have depended on us. How can we get us out of this situation? How can I get me out of this situation? How can I get me into the next season? I rebuke self-sufficiency in the name of the Lord. We will not depend on the arm of the flesh. We will not depend on the strength of man. We will not look to Egypt to deliver us. We will not look to the world to be our help. My help comes from the Lord. Somebody throw your help hands up and just begin to decree that. This is the year that my help cometh from the Lord. Say it. I know you feel weird, but just say, my help comes from you, Lord. My help comes from you, Lord. You are the door opener. You're the butler in my life. You're the way maker in my life. I can't make a way without you. I can't do it in this next season. I don't want to try it in my strength anymore, God. I need thee, oh, I need thee. I wish somebody would throw one hand up and wave it and say, hey, every hour, I need thee. Somebody say, oh, bless me now. My Savior, I come, I come, Jesus help us today, I come to We repent for leaning on the arm of the flesh. I repent for trusting in the arm of the flesh. I pray God a great dependency would come and we would begin to tap in not to our own strength and power, but to tap into your strength and your power. Father, we're not gonna push these doors open. We're going to rest in the fact that you have to key up David and you are opening a door no man can shut. I wish somebody would praise God. I wish somebody would praise God. I wish some, some people are having a hard time praising him because you've been depending on your own strength. Some people are having a hard time praising him because you haven't kept his word. Some people are having a hard time praising him because you denied his name this weekend. But I'm telling you, you can get back in alignment right now. You can fall in love with him all over again. You can say, for God I live, oh God, and for God I will die. Somebody throw up your hands right now and trust him like you never trusted him before. Let him restore your faith. Let him put you back together. Somebody lift up shouts of praise. Somebody lift up shouts of praise. So the church says yes, yes, yes. Woo. If it's your year of open doors and shut doors, I want you to round back and say yes.
that when, not if, I'm done here. I know we gotta go get kids. This is a hostage situation turning out to be. But I want you to know, not if, but when. When, when, when the door gets open. Do not confer with flesh. Do not, don't take a vote on it. Don't go wait and see what happens with it. When God opens the door and shows you that it's his door, I want you to put your Reeboks on and run through the door. I want you to make up your mind. I'm not living one more day on this side of my divine appointment. If God opened the door for me, he'd trust me on the other side of the door. Somebody prays that he's setting one thing because he's about to open something. I feel an increase coming to the house of the Lord. An increase in governmental influence. An increase in speaking into those who will even shape the future of this nation. Somebody give God shouts of praise. Somebody give God shouts of praise. Lift your hands, I want to bless you. I bless you. I bless you this week to prepare your heart. To not miss divine appointment. To respond to the whisper of the Lord's Spirit. The Lord's going to show us little things in us. And when he shows them, he's not gonna show you to condemn you, he's gonna show you because he's saying, you, you, this is the week to get that out. This is Gilgal. Uh-huh. This is the time I'm circumcising the heart to get you ready to cross over. I don't know about you, but we're not crossing over with who we used to be and what we used to be. We're crossing over and the Lord's going to create in you and in me a clean heart. He's going to create in you and in me a clean heart. How many can help me praise him that we're going through this open door and it's not going to be the old me. It's not going to be the old you. It's going to be a renewed mind and a renewed spirit. God's going to sanctify and set you apart. He's as much about a new you as he is a new season for you. So I bless them this week to draw near. Put your hands and receive this and not miss a moment. And over these next weeks, months, and this year that we're getting ready to into at the head of this year, may it be a year of divine open doors and divine shut doors. May we not whine over the shut doors as we used to whine. May we begin to see it as God saying, no, that one's not for you. And begin to say, thank you then for what is for me. I bless the people to rest in the promise of your word this week. Thank you that doors are opening and doors are closing in this season. Give him praise all over this room. Jesus name, amen. Wednesday night is important. I want to see everyone at Ross's Landing. If you're not running or serving, get to Ross's Landing right by the aquarium where they have River Bend. We're going to worship and fill our city with prayer and praise. And I want you to be a part of it. We're going to have a great time of fellowship. I love you. Have a blessed week. Be praying for women of fire. Go in the peace of the Lord. Hey family, I believe God is touching hearts right now. The preached word of God causes the lost to come to Christ. I believe someone's watching, maybe you feel a million miles away from God, 
Maybe you've been in church, maybe you've never been in church. Listen, I want to tell you that it doesn't matter where you are in life right now. If you want Christ to save you, no matter what you've done, and no matter how long you've been doing it, if you'll turn your heart to Him, He'll save you right now. I want to lead you in a prayer. Say, Dear Lord, I confess that I'm a sinner. And Jesus, I'm asking you to save me from my sin. Save me from myself. Lord, come in and be the king of my life. I give you my past, my present, and my future. And I'm asking you, Lord Jesus, to rescue me today. In Jesus' name, by faith, I believe that I'm saved and a child of God. Amen. Listen, friend. I know that's a simple prayer, but I believe with all of my heart, salvation is as simple as turning from sin and turning to Christ. If you did that today, I want to pray that God give you a strong Bible-believing church. I want you to go to kevinwallace.tv, learn how the resources that we have can help you in your journey. Listen, we want to pray for you. Drop us a line on the prayer request. Let us know you gave your heart to Christ, and our team's going to be praying for you this coming week. You're going to get stronger. You're going to grow deeper in your love for God. You're going to become everything he put you on this planet to be. I'm praying for you. I love you. I'll see you next week. God bless.